0: Creatures of the Night, welcome to episode 122 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Doria, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night, the MVP, most valuable podcaster, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, we have finally done it, man. I feel like we've been here for years, but it's only been three weeks (laughs) doing this (laughs) trilogy of Mr. <laughs> Kennedy but we finally reached the last ride and Travis how are you feeling man are, are, do you feel like you're ready to join the uh, Ken Kennedy club
1: uh no if you made me watch three Dan Cook movies in a row three weeks in a row I would probably die it's yeah I can't do it as we mentioned those of you who missed last week we likened him to a Dan Cook so yeah yeah I'm ready to uh, take this last ride with old Kennedy and then move on to 2007 because 2007's got some bright shiny gems in it compared to the wasteland we've been waiting through
0: oh yes it is the christmas present awaiting for us under the tree but first we gotta dig this through. is the lump of coal in the stocking all the coal in the stocking here. <laughs> clean it all out here uh but this one should be fun we've got some fun stuff to talk about here uh, going into Armageddon 2006, like we said, Undertaker versus Mr. Kennedy in a last ride match. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this one, actually, and, and a lot of stuff on the build-up here, Travis. So yeah. with, let's uh, let's not put it off any longer. Let's take this time traveling, hearse back to December of 2006, and we'll pick up on the Thursday, or the Friday, actually, the Friday after Survivor Series 2006, where Mr. Kennedy stole another victory over The Undertaker after a cheap win in the First Blood match at Survivor Series. So we'll go from First Blood to the Last Ride.
1: That's right, and the best news of all this Kennedy stuff is that. The
0: end is here!
1: Uh... We'll get to it so. here <laughs> Yeah, so December first, two thousand six. Old uh, King King, excuse me, I, I call him King Thaddeus. That's what King Booker calls him, Thaddeus. But Teddy Long is going to start the show off, and as we mentioned last week, he's the world's biggest Brothers of Destruction fan. Loves these guys, but uh, he opens the show and just says that Survivor Series was off the chain, players. Now, I don't know what show he watched, but anyway, <laughs> he says that you know Armageddon's in a few weeks, and it's going to be even hotter than Survivor Series. Last week, MVP survived a cage match with Kane to Armageddon. They'll be in an Inferno match. Oh, my. (laughs) That really escalated quickly, in my opinion. I was just like, like, that's that's a really big leap, in my opinion. It is. A cage match to Inferno. (laughs) Um, But you know what? He's going for it. And then he says, also, there's going to be a last ride match with The Undertaker and Kennedy. So, dude, I like that Teddy is wasting no time getting to these matches because of course there's only like a three week buildup, but it reminded me of like they were back in 97 when a pay-per-view would end and like the next night they'd name the number one contender just for yes. random. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of that kind of stuff. Just it was getting, nice. Getting to it. Yeah. And dude, was fun.
0: I've got a little theory here. I mean, Teddy Long is so pumped up here. He's building up undertaker and Kane. He's just excited to book them and matches for the next pay-per-view. He's always around the corner ready to book the undertaker's next match.
1: Yeah.
0: My theory from watching these episodes of SmackDown is that deep down inside this entire time, since day one, since 1990, Teddy Long has secretly been the Undertaker's biggest fan. He's like remember when (laughs) remember when D D P had the shrine to Sarah in his locker room? Yes. Yes. I think Teddy Long's got that for Undertaker. And so he might he's been working his way through the professional wrestling world. He was a manager and then became a referee and he has had this long term plan to slide into being general manager and once he's here, he's got his dream. He's like, I can book Undertaker any match I want. I can get front row seat to any type of Undertaker match. It's what I've been dreaming of this whole
1: time. It's his little playground now to play with, (laughs) yes. You, I think you're on to something, man. Because, yeah, they were both in WCW together. So, um, yeah, that's there you go. This is all something. he's ever
0: wanted. He doesn't care about the rest of the show. He just wants yeah, to watch See No watches. Evil while the rest yeah. of the show's happening. Yeah.
1: But yeah, he really is. He's always there. His ears, like, perk up. He's like Rumble Stiltskin. Like, you say Undertaker's name, and he just pops
0: up. Yeah. <laughs> he- he doesn't care about MVP and Kennedy of just beating no. Kane Undertaker week after week. He's just going to keep torturing them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no fairness yeah. at all to any of this.
1: <laughs> I think you're on to something there, man. That's, that's going to be it. So man, we'll have to ask Teddy maybe. Maybe we can get him on the show one oh, day before this, this ends. That is a dream. So, yes. That is a dream. Um, well, later on this night, just kind of quickly, we see um, Kennedy and MVP backstage face-to-face. and. You know, Kennedy's not happy with what happened in Survivor Series because MVP hit him with a chair. But, you know, MVP's like, you know, you won the match anyway. It doesn't matter. And they kind of bicker like a married couple and finally decide they have no, 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 no time for this. And so they cry about their matches at Armageddon. And then MVP says, you know what, it doesn't matter. I got to take her tonight. And neither of these matches are going to phase me. So uh, Kennedy calls them stupid. my match
0: tonight with Undertaker and the Inferno match. With Kanan Armageddon. Oh, yeah? What do you, you, you saying here? What do you say is me a little bit. Oh, yeah? That's Not at all? That's right. Not at all. Not even a little. You're stupid. Yeah. That's right. You're an idiot.
1: <laughs> I appreciated that, you right. know, from old Dane Cook there. And uh, MVP's like, you know what, man? We could have helped each other out, brother. And he just walks away. So they're kind of a little dis- more dissension amongst their ranks. And, again, it's like, why am I supposed to really care, though? Like, oh, you man. know?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: But – I do like the addition of MVP in the storyline because it's made me more excited about it, as we mentioned last week. So later on, MVP and Taker, that's the main event, you know, and that's, again, big. I think it's just huge for MVP. Like we mentioned last week, he's getting pushed. He's getting in there with Kane. He's in there with Taker. He's got the entrance to Pyro. And so I just I mean kudos to him for making them. I thought he made the most out of this, you know, better than Kennedy. We're comparing these two together, so.
0: Yeah, he's getting a huge push right out the gate. It's a big opportunity here in the main event. And like we said last week, yeah, we've kind of enjoyed what he's done with it more than Kennedy, for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, um, Taker's on a roll here because MVP caused him to lose, so he's just kind of eating them alive in the ring, basically. And um, Kennedy makes his way down, tries to throw MVP back in, but MVP kind of corrals his way to throwing Kennedy in himself. And MVP starts backing up the aisle way. And Kane's music hits, and he comes out, and he's kind of pinned in between them both. And uh, the Brothers of Destruction wind up taking it up to the up-and-comers and hit stereo big boots and throat slashes. And then MVP and and Kennedy do escape before they can get some choke slams. Uh, so, you know, the Brothers of Destruction do stand tall, but they didn't quite eat these guys for lunch, you know. They let them get a little bit, so leave, them, leave a little meat on the bone for next week. So
0: Yeah, and you talk about just not caring about this. It's just... <laughs> It's antithetical to what you're really supposed to be getting out of a wrestling storyline. You got the the bad guys, the heels. They're bickering. They're running scared. They're continually getting upstaged by the babyfaces. It's like, I why like you said, why do I care? Why do I need to pay to see these guys beat up Kennedy and MVP? Because
1: they do it for free.
0: They get their comeuppance (laughs) every week, man. It's just like. Uh just something did something done click here.
1: Yeah, no, I agree.
0: But they gotta keep clicking here to the pay-per-view. Uh they got a pay-per- They got an inferno match, got a last ride match. Teddy's already booked it, so we gotta get there to December eighth, SmackDown. And this show's gonna open up with Kennedy doing an in-ring promo. And we see the Hearse for the Last Ride match. It's uh, legally parked. There, in the middle of the arena, Undertaker (laughs) has... should have a
1: yellow ticket under the window. absolutely uh, should. uh,
0: Undertaker (laughs) has no regards for that at all. Um, And in case you guys forget, because there was only one last ride match before this, this is basically like an ambulance match. There's going to be a hearse in the arena, and you have to beat your opponent up so badly that you throw them into the hearse and then drive out of the arena. And JBL, who faced Undertaker in that match... At server, uh, I think No Mercy two thousand four. No, uh, right? I think so. Yeah, No Mercy two thousand four. He's gonna remind us about that every chance that he gets. That he was the one person to face Undertaker in a Last Ride match, and I actually liked it because he he puts over the brutality of it. He JBL constantly talks about he had got thirty stitches from that match, and right, it didn't end his career, but it accelerated the ending of his career and he was never the same after that match so you know
1: well you know his memory wasn't the same because just keep that in your mind he doesn't remember who won that match exactly so we'll get to that in a few minutes
0: <laughs> but you know you don't the the, the last ride match it, it's not that memorable and no. you know you think of the casket match as you know dine more signature match but JBL doing what he can to try to sure. build it into something bigger than it is here. So, so that's nice. Um, Kennedy's promo, man, I didn't even really take any notes from it, dude. It's just <laughs> the same old, same old Kennedy <laughs> blabbing that we've heard week after week after week. Um, but uh, business starts to pick up when uh, Undertaker's music hits, and we see magically, just like we did a few months ago with the Randy Orton feud. Undertaker's got, I guess, a Tesla hearse here because it starts backing itself up into the middle of the arena with no driver in there. And we even get a hearse cam camera angle to confirm that there's no driver in the car. (laughs) It's like a GoPro before that was a thing. It's just ridiculous. Cole Um. and JBL just can't believe it here. And Kennedy can't believe it either. He goes outside the ring. He starts inspecting the hearse. And like I said, it's backed into the arena, and so Kennedy opens that back door, and what do you know, Undertaker pops out of that back door, frightening Kennedy, and uh, he does the throat slash, Kennedy is just in shock, scared, and he bails out of the arena as Undertaker gets in the ring, and a little bit of continuity here, JBL says that Undertaker just picked up the punk card that Kennedy threw down (laughs) a few weeks ago. Oh,
1: I love that. I love the continuity there. I love that he's keeping the punk card alive, man. The
0: punk card stays alive.
1: Oh, yeah. I like to call what Taker did with the hearse uh, Pop Goes the Dead, man.
0: So. It was. He could have yeah. uh, could have cranked the thing on the yeah. <laughs> jack-in-the-box. The side of it. And Taker just pops out out the, the side. Pop out the hearse. <laughs> that would be great. Well, as if things weren't off the rails, enough with that. It's going to continue to be kind of an insane episode of Spec down here as we go backstage. and MVP, he's arguing with Teddy Long about trying to get out of this Inferno match with Kane at the pay-per-view, which, you know, I would want to get out of that as well. Uh, pretty Certainly. kind of an insane match here. But, you know, you know Teddy Long ain't having any of this crap when it comes to his Brothers of Destruction here. Because Teddy Long says to MVP's complaining,
1: that's how you going to run it? That's how it's going to no be. No problem. I
0: will call my agent. He's going to give you a fight. It's max. You can call your agent. You can call
1: Ghostbusters. Anybody you want to call. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you that was not on a script. Nobody oh, had to no tell him way, to say man. that. He just pulled it out of his little bald brain. <laughs> did
0: you uh, did you see the new Ghostbusters trailer?
1: No way. Oh, man. I'll never watch it. What? It's got my boy in it, though. Paul Rudd, doesn't B. it? P. Rudd? Yeah. No. That's my man crush. Come on. But no, man. I'll, I'll never see it. Oh. No way.
0: Give it a chance, man. Oh, man.
1: It's no drastic world. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'll watch the l- trailer. That's the extent of it. I'll watch two and a half minutes of the movie. That's, That's it. it. That's all I right, see. Well, yeah.
0: tell, tell you Long will see it. I'm, I'm sure he will. In between, <laughs> see no evil viewings.
1: Backstage of the Hall of Fame. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> on DVD. And uh, he's going to show some Christmas compassion towards MVP here saying next week I'll give you a chance to soften up Kane and I'll let you team up with Mr. Kennedy because you'll face Kane and The Undertaker next week in a tag team yeah. match. It's Two worlds coming together tag team matches and The Undertaker and Kane. It, Teddy Long's loving it. it
1: and didn't we, didn't they have one last week? We covered that. I mean, they, they had one on last yep. week cuz it was the one where they had like the no DQ and the no count yep. and all that stuff and they just got eaten alive the whole time. Yep, like f-
0: yep. we're going to run it back again.
1: But the best is yet to come on this episode of Smackdown. I cannot wait for you to I hit. I told you things were
0: going to go <laughs> off the rails here and, you know, we're in the Christmas season now. They're in the Christmas season back then, so it's very timely here. We go to we go backstage to a pre-taped segment and You know, I watch these things on the WWE Network, Travis, as you do too. And you kind of go down there and you can skip through the chapters. And now on the WWE Network, they've got the chapters all labeled. And it really piqued my interest because this chapter was labeled Kane Sings Christmas Carols. (laughs) I did not remember this segment. (laughs)
1: I thought it was going to be like, like backstage things where you have people out of character like doing stuff. I thought it was going to be something like that, like for com, But it's even better.
0: Yeah. And, worse. Uh, uh, you know, calling it singing Christmas carols is generous here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very. But we see Kane standing in front of a Christmas tree backstage, shirtless, in his gear, uh, mm. holding... Uh, Which were apparently chestnuts. He's got two big black nuts in his hand. And I guess they were roasted chestnuts. And he just looks down at them and he's sort of doing his cane cackle. And he says... Roasting on an open fire, (laughs) and then just starts laughing. That's it, doesn't finish the song, doesn't say anything else, those are the only words of this promo, <laughs> it doesn't say anything about MVP, or Mr. Kennedy, or anything, and then we just cut it back to JBL and Cole, who are just flabbergasted at this, as was I,
1: I did not even, like, it just took me for a loop, like, I had no idea, like, that was it, oh. I don't remember it. I want more, though. Me, too. <laughs> it just stands there. <laughs> it's not supposed to get an open fire. And then it goes away. It's like a 10 second backstage pre yes. <laughs> It's so stupid, but it's so great.
0: Oh, it tickled me. It was so great. <laughs> uh, and, and JBL. And so that's
1: one of the weirdest things we've ever covered here.
0: On oh, show. absolutely. JBL and, and Cole. And we've covered some weird stuff. <laughs> JBL and Cole were like. Breaking it down, analyzing it afterward. And <laughs> JBL figured that those would be MVP's chestnuts if he's not careful at Armageddon. I think that was the point that yeah. they, uh, they got to there, yeah. not so subtly. But oh man, it's uh, yeah. we'll definitely post this on all our social media in case you guys have not seen this because it will certainly get you in the Christmas spirit. Oh, it's <laughs> wonderful. I don't know why it <laughs> happened, but I'm so glad it happened. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, I wanted more carols, man. I need more.
0: Yes, I bring it back, run it back this year on Monday Night Raw.
1: Mayor Kane, bring Mayor Kane back. <laughs> <laughs> the Knoxville like children's choir or something
0: singing. With <laughs> oh my God! Please give it to
1: me. <laughs> UT Volunteer Knoxville Children's Choir <laughs> singing carols with Mayor Kane. Let's let's get it started.
0: Well, that could have been the main event right there, but uh, instead we actually got a wrestling match, Kane and Mr. Kennedy in the main event <laughs> here. Uh, you know, it's... Wait, 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 wait.
1: We'd rather have Kane singing Christmas carols
0: than see a Kennedy match. Absolutely. That's how bad this Are guy is. Are you kidding
1: me? Yeah, that's where we fall in with this guy. I <laughs> just want to point that out.
0: <laughs> Kane, I love Kane because he's such a trooper. Man, he will... Yeah. If you look back at his career, his 20 years in the WWE he has done everything they have ever asked him to do with <laughs> mm-hmm. a smile on his face, no matter how freaking weird it is. Even weirder than anything Undertaker's ever done. Kane's yeah, career it's is so much weirder. But, man, he shows up and he does his job, and nine times out of ten, he makes it awesome. Yep. Two words, Katie Vick. Like, if Kennedy had <laughs> done chestnuts roasting on open fire, we would have spent five minutes talking about how stupid it was. But instead talking about how yep, incredible exactly that right. 10 seconds was <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly you're right <laughs> oh man
0: well uh, like <laughs> back to the match i guess we gotta talk about it here uh mvp interferes does the run in here and kane wins by dq and uh the job squad of mvp and kennedy they double team kane until the gong hits the lights go out uh, and when they come back up Kane is gone. He's disappeared. And Kennedy runs out through the crowd. MVP is left alone in the ring. And suddenly the ring post bursts into flame with Kane's pyro as his music hits. And MVP is once again afraid of being burned alive in the Inferno match, uh, which, again, it's pretty understandable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Where do you think Kane disappeared to?
0: He went and go go uh, find some more chestnuts. For us. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs>
1: Exactly. He got hungry. So
0: the well, timer man, went off on the chestnuts. <laughs> yeah.
1: Ding. That's gonna bring us to uh, the go home show for Armageddon. So here
0: we That's are. it folks.
1: Um, that's it. Here's the show before the show. Smackdown, December fifteenth, two thousand six. So M V P is yelling at his agent on the phone about the Inferno match and Kennedy walks in and they start bickering about their match tonight, you know, and their tag match and start complaining about their Respective matches on Sunday at Armageddon, and then Kennedy's like, "Okay, okay, we gotta stop, we gotta stop, we gotta stop." And at least for tonight, we going to be on the same page. And so they do the old bro shake, and they're on the same, the same team. And it's just a close-up, real tight shot, production-wise. It's just Kane and Taker in the backstage with like smoke around them. They're just looking at each other, and then they just like slowly turn and look at the camera. And Taker rolls his eyes in the back of his head, and Kane just kind of stares and kind of does his little. <laughs> like gain laughed, laugh and that's it <laughs> like it's it's just like one yeah. of those uh what do they call those like a uh, a bump or whatever before like to send you yes. to the commercial to get you like enticed to come back or whatever but like uh man i wanted more of that too <laughs> it was just like it's, it's so great
0: Did, didn't so, need to say a word
1: nope didn't need to so um okay for this match we're gonna get the um we got everyone getting their, their entrances. And uh, again, that hearse is illegally parked in the entryway again. And <laughs> JBL is just absolutely just taking it to Taker and Teddy Long, crying oh, about The Undertaker. Yeah. He's like, he shortened my career in the last ride match, and Teddy should be fired for putting these guys through this. And, you know, he, he's hating on Teddy Long and everything he does. And we go to another commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so their entrances
0: took so long. All four guys', guys take- <laughs> entrances. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, but when the, when MVP and Kennedy come out, you know, during their int- they both kind of eyeing the the hearse and stuff, and um, you know, but I do think, uh, well, one thing JBL says, he says, you know, at Armageddon, you know, one of these guys could be going to, to burn to a burn unit, and the other could be going to a cemetery. So, is the goal of the last ride match to murder your opponent and then like take him and drop him off at the cemetery? <laughs> I mean, what else could it be, man? <laughs> Where else do you drive in a hearse? <laughs> I don't. I just was like, that's why would you take him to the cemetery? I don't just. You just gotta leave backstage. That's
0: it. So. He's not taking him to the drive-in.
1: <laughs> I guess not. So.
0: <laughs> to watch, see no evil on the big screen.
1: Yeah. He's
0: take not him taking to, him to Burger King.
1: Yeah, he could be. He could be taking Fud Ruckers. <laughs> oh. you <know>, chestnut Burger. <laughs> I'm sure they have a chestnut burger mm. at Christmas time. Yummy. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, this match is what it is. Um, It's not as long as it's fine. You know, It's a fine TV match, and the brothers give MVP a double choke slam, and I think Kennedy pulls him out of the ring, and then Taker stalks MVP up to the entrance, and uh, Kennedy winds up throwing Kane into the steps, and the match is going to end here on an illegal count, or excuse me, a double count out. Uh, so, you know, no definitive end here, which I guess you don't want that going into the pay-per-view. It's fine. It yeah, makes yeah, yeah. sense. Yeah, Nobody gets the upper hand. Um, and then Kennedy DDT's Kane would get in the hearse. Uh, Taker and MVP have disappeared backstage. And then Kennedy's kind of giving MVP the Iggy with the honk. He's like, bank, bank, like, you know, move out the way. I'm about to run over Kane. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, dude. Kennedy, he's right there about to run him over. And MVP <laughs> runs out of nowhere and starts kicking Kane. He's like, whoa. Yeah. I'm trying to kill this guy. Come on, man. You're really ruining the
1: plan. (laughs) Yeah, like this car's going to hurt worse than your boot is, you know? So, uh, but then just before, you know, Kennedy can take off there, the gong hits and the lights go out and the lights come back up and the Undertaker is magically sitting next to Kennedy (laughs) in the passenger seat. (laughs) He just (laughs) appears out of nowhere. (laughs) Because last we saw him, he disappeared backstage. And the lights go out, they come back up and He's next to Kennedy, and I wanted to just – th- I saw him. I was taken back to, like, what was it, 99 or whatever, like, where to, Stephanie? I thought yes. he'd be like, where to, Kennedy, or something, but it didn't
0: happen. So. <laughs> well, he's not in the driver's seat. my mind, seat. it should have. He's in the passenger Sure,
1: seat. sure, sure. Yeah. So, but anyway, obviously, Kennedy gonna bail out of the car, you know, uh, and came, um excuse me MVP and Kennedy are kind of stuck in between the hearse and Kane's on the floor and Kane sits up and they wind up scurrying away backstage because you got the monster sitting up and then the monster in the hearse next to them so you know uh, again that the heels are leaving with their tails tucked between their legs um not really ever getting one up on the the good guys you know getting that getting that ba- baby face heat and then the armageddon again <laughs> like again it's just backwards booking but you know it's Kane and Taker. it's it's great you know with them involved so
0: oh dude i uh i love this i love this segment on here this was my favorite part uh well besides yeah. Kane's chestnuts roasting yeah <laughs> you know the best undertaker stuff is sure. a little goofy and over the top uh in a good way and this was it Man, i'm a sucker for lights out and showing up in the house oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> in there and undertaker yeah, I don't care how old so good at, i am at it yeah and then the gong hitting when kane sits up to it's like classic oh, yeah. stuff man <laughs> I, it was it's silly and stupid and yeah uh, it makes mvp and kennedy look like jokes but i had yeah, fun jump stains man yeah.
1: yeah oh i had a blast watching that part i mean this build up was more fun and i think i remember telling you that last week like off off we were recording. like don't worry it gets a little better it's more fun this time around so you know, it was fun, but that's going to take us to uh, Armageddon, man.
0: Yeah, dude. 12 17, 2006 from the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. And it's crazy, dude. The, these two matches, the Undertaker and Kane versus MVP and Kennedy matches here, they're basically being built as the main events of this show. You've got... Batista, who's the SmackDown champion, and John Cena, who's the Raw champion, they're in a tag team match on this pay-per-view against Booker T and Finley. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one's not quite popping the buy rate here.
1: (laughs) Former WCW TV
0: champions. (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, this is like the definition of a throwaway show, dude. It's so fun. I was thinking about this tonight. Just randomly, like, why did the December shows always feel like they just don't care with these shows? Because well, you think about WCW, when was their biggest show of the year? start December. Yep. But WWE... End of the year. Every year, it feels like these December shows are throwaways.
1: Well, I think it's because Survivor Series is such a big deal.
0: Mm, and true. then...
1: True. Royal Rumble is such a big deal. But you got yeah. that month in between. It's like, we're not going to put forth all this effort. Plus, everybody's is... Christmasing and focused on the holidays. So I think that's it. They just don't care, you know, honestly. Creatively, they don't want to put their big guns for it. Although, recently, in today's day and age, they just had a big heel turn on Raw with Seth Rollins and stuff. So they're actually putting forth some effort in this December. So we'll see how that plays out. But, yeah, back then, they definitely didn't. It's definitely the, you know, the end of the year, and they just <laughs> flying by see their pants, you know. <laughs> just whatever happens, happens. So, oh, yeah. But I will say that, man. They do – as far as this being like a throwaway show, you got an inferno match, you've got a last ride match, you got the, both world champions tagging in the main event, and then we're going to get this crazy four-way ladder match. That's the only match I've ever seen off of this show. Um, so, not. I mean, that being said, it's a throwaway show. They are putting forth some effort into making like these spectacles.
0: Oh yeah, so. you know, you think nowadays they do the the TLC in December because it's, it's the yeah. same idea. You're just gonna. Th- throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and like hope mm. someone tunes in for the train wreck and that's what you got with yeah. the Inferno and Last Ride match and then an unannounced ladder match which ends up nearly killing of the announced. participants yeah yeah um, which is just so, so like no you've already bought the pay-per-view why do you need to why not advertise <laughs> yeah. that on Sunday Night Heat or something to like try to get a few last minute buys but uh, That's yeah. a very WCW thing to do. Very, very WCW thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and half the half that matches. I know.
0: Well, as you said, yeah, this is a show I don't think either one of us had ever seen. Um, I, I definitely seen that ladder match uh, on a ladder match mm-hmm. DVD. I think I watched it back in the day on WWE twenty four seven, the on demand service because I would have had that back in this time, and they would put the pay-per-views up a couple months later on there. So I might have watched more of the show. Um, I definitely remember watching the ladder match on there, on demand. Um, I might have watched some of the rest of it. So I may have seen this match. I don't remember. But it doesn't stand out like that ladder match does, where uh, Joey Mercury's face explodes.
1: (laughs) It's like someone's like like an M-80 in his (laughs) muscle. His face just explodes. Unbelievable, (laughs) man. And he had he had just come back from like I think a shoulder injury like two months ahead of like before this. Like he just come back and his face just explodes on television. It's just oh, yeah. crazy.
0: Oh man. It's oh. brutal. But uh, it's a heck of a match if you've never seen that one and if you want to see Dave Taylor in a friggin' ladder match. <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> or Regal. He's not yeah, one for William ladder Regal matches. So, yeah. Oh man. Well, uh, like we said, the, the show does focus on the Brothers of Destruction here, and the uh, opening video has sort of the same thing we've seen with Armageddon the past few years. We have some, like, biblical quotes. Not really quotes. It's like the biblical definition of Armageddon and something from St. John the Divine. Uh, just all this pseudo-biblical stuff here uh, as we hype up the match. And our yeah. favorite song of all time on the video package, too.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, the end is here. But, dude, the one Bible quote they had, it's like some of them were actual verses. But then one says, the final battle between the kings of the earth at the end of the world. And it's, like, quoted as the New Testament. And, that, dude, that is not a verse <laughs> in the book, in any book, in any of the 66 books of the Bible. And I just like – where did you find that? Like who, who, who slipped? Like who let that slip by? Like that's something you can quote. It was just so. The Bible never says the Armageddon is the final battle between the kings of the earth and the end of the world. Like <laughs> it's just. It's so stupid. You don't
0: just quote the New Testament either. You know? <laughs> There's 27 books there. <laughs> just
1: quote. Uh, New Testament. <laughs> it was amazing. And this shows how oh well in a few months uh, you know Vince is gonna tag him against God. so I mean you know it just shows his respect for anything divine. <laughs>
0: It's like, it's like Trump saying his favorite book of the Bible is two Corinthians. Like, it's like saying, this quote, it's from New Testament, somewhere in there. Yeah. It's it's around there.
1: It's somewhere in the second half of the book, somewhere in the second half of the Bible.
0: You figure it out.
1: Anyway, I just thought that was, it was comical.
0: Oh, man. Uh, And it's comical that the, uh, once again, the end is here for the, uh, the end keeps coming. Seven years in a row, I think. Now the end has many years. Seven years, here. <laughs> <laughs> They've never gotten more use out of the song ever, but oh, it's great. but they never use it anymore. Uh, it needs to come back. They should.
1: They should use it at TLC the Sunday. Dude, I would. I would pop. So I would mark huge. out.
0: Yeah, big time.
1: Oh man, shoot, man, would be great. Like Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte and Becky like
0: promo video. The it's just like. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Lana man. and Rusev divorce awesome. promo.
1: <laughs> divorce court? <laughs> Dude, shouldn't that have been a ladder match with like divorce papers hanging? Or marriage papers hanging? It's a, come on, it softball. writes itself. It's yeah.
0: a T. Yeah. It's
1: a tables match instead. Like, Come on. Anyway, sorry. We had Rusev David and Lashley in
0: a ladder match? match.
1: <laughs> Dude, Lashley's been in one before. So, uh yeah, yeah, he was in a yeah. uh, money, money in the the bank. Bank. Yeah, Bruce <laughs> has probably been in one. I don't know, but and this again, this match is second from the top. So just followed by uh, there's a palate cleanser in between this and the main event of the two tag the tag teams of. Uh, you know, with with Cena and Batista tagging up, and it's a naughty or nice Diva contest. So, let's check that one
0: out. Well, dude, only thing Teddy Long loves as much as the Buzz of Destruction is Dim <laughs> <them> Divas, baby. <laughs> you know, get Dim Divas. Getting Dim Divas out here. You know, we, we were talking about
1: it last week, and I got, it didn't occur to me until I was listening to it back that uh, it was like a Braun Strowman get these hands, like you know.
0: <laughs> get Dim <them> Divas. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. oh man, I feel like yeah. me and Teddy would get along. <laughs>
1: <We have laughs> he love the good old Santa, Santa's little helper contest here, so uh
0: well we should also note too the Inferno match that, that opens the show as well with Kane and MVP here sure. since we talk so much about it. And uh Kane does set MVP on fire here to win the match. <laughs> um and it's like I I gotta give props to MVP. I don't care that it's gimmicked mm-hmm. and I'm sure they made it as safe as possible. It's wild to me that I mean mm-hmm. he got. Remember in the first inferno match, Kane like sticks his arm in there. I mean, and that would be scary enough. I wouldn't want to sure. do that. But Kane's or Kane puts MVP's whole back into this fire. Yeah. He runs around the ring for ten seconds with flames on his back, and you know yeah, you know. can make that as safe as you want, but that's still incredibly scary and uh, kudos to him for for doing that that was a pretty wild visual
1: yeah he's on a train like hollywood stuntman he's no. a professional wrestler Right. You know? so i don't think that was getting enough credit for stuff like that honestly you know because that's a stuntman type thing exactly that somebody in the screen actress guild or stuntman's guild gets paid millions of dollars for yeah. he's just gonna do it on live television so yeah you're right hopefully they gave a pay
0: bump for that man uh it was pretty crazy to see and uh like you said the last ride match is going to go on second from the top here and we do get a video package going into it again with uh the end is here playing over it Mm -hmm. somehow makes this feud that we haven't gotten much out of into something epic just shows you the power yeah magic of music and editing here
1: exactly yeah, they were very good at making at polishing up this turd and making it seem like something you want to digest, you know. So, yeah. well, yeah. this this <laughs> this scene—that's supposed to it seem like it's something you want to digest. So. It no. Well, this scene starts out with our Latin or Gregorian chanting, and uh, we see the hearse backing down toward the ring. And this time, it's—I guess it's legal to park there now. So, but it's backing and, and dude, I cannot put over the special touch of this license plate it is it's so good it's a, like in the yeah it says last ride and like the, the taker like you know uh, font it's just perfect
0: I know I want one of those for Christmas yeah hey, listeners out there want to give me that I will put that <laughs> on my RAV4 <laughs> immediately
1: <laughs> uh, on the back get it like, yeah. just get it legally changed absolutely <laughs> it's, it's last ride. oh it's great man
0: we also see in the crowd, we've got one of our favorite cliches out there. Somebody's got a headstone sign for Kennedy, mm-hmm. marking his last night here uh, in the arena. So you know the crowd's into it. That's one of our favorite things to see. And Tony Chimmel gives us the rules of this match. Throw your opponent in the hearse, shut the door, drive him out of the arena for his last ride. And... As we said, we've seen one of these matches before. It was Undertaker versus JBL two years ago at No Mercy. JBL's been talking about it this whole month, building it up here. And somehow, he doesn't remember what happened in that match.
1: No, he's he's going on about it and he's like, you know...
0: There was a moment there, Michael. I never could put, put a finger on it. There was a moment there where I had a chance to defeat the Undertaker. I couldn't do it. Kennedy... I think,
1: has a chance to find that moment. Except you won that match. I mean, a little interference from Heidenreich, you know, but he still won the match. He walked away the victor of that match. So it's just like, I was just like, man, come on. Like, you, you can't forget that you won that match. Seriously? So, yeah, I was a little taken aback by that. But anyway, it is what it is. JBL tried.
0: Nah, man, he's been great this whole time, but he also, half the time, he just throws out absolute nonsense, <laughs> nonsense facts. Yeah. <laughs> Fake news.
1: But Exactly.
0: Uh, Kennedy comes out first, and he does a good job of selling the fear. He walks around the hearse a lot, uh, but he's going to show a lot of confidence here. He gets into the ring, uh, gets his mic to come down, and says he's there. The crowd is looking at the future of SmackDown. No, wait, scratch that. He is SmackDown, and he's going to defeat The Undertaker for the third time tonight. So, once again, he has defeated The Undertaker twice. It was in pretty cheap fashion, but as a heel should do, he is bragging about that because, I mean, he did ultimately get the victory there.
1: So, yeah, like I said, he's going to feed him. Defeat Taker a third time, and then we get some a little bit of lag time here, and the crowd's chanting "Rest in peace, rest mm-hmm. in peace," which I thought was awesome, man. They just oh, yeah. like kind of on cue, and like I said, the, the music holds off before Taker enters. And I mean, you just, it's just that's a natural reaction for these people. I like, just you can't there's no applause signs, you know, flashes or anything. It's just people know when to do when to do that, you know. And luckily, they laid the music out for just a minute before his music hit. And I just I just thought it was really cool because he's about to get. A wonderful entrance.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, man! That's why he's the greatest. That's why we're here doing this because <laughs> fans love him in that special way, and just uh, it's automatic for them. But yeah, the, it's a really cool set here for Armageddon. A lot of scaffolding, and looks just like um, like a castle, gray skull or something. There's <laughs> stone, <laughs> Stonehenge. I mean, I don't know how you even describe it. You just kind of got to see it, but. Uh, It's a really epic set, and as we've said throughout 2006, 2005, these unique pay-per-view sets make for really cool Undertaker entrances a lot of the times, and this one is one of the best. Just lots of flames and pyro and smoke as Undertaker comes out. It's it's an awesome, awesome visual here as Undertaker walks out past the hearse and, again, just looks like a super-duper star.
1: It does, man. And I just got to thinking, like, do you think they had this propane left over from the Inferno match they had to get Probably, rid Probably, <laughs> man. They just, like, turn off the gas on yeah, the flames. a good Because <laughs> they were, like, 15-foot-high flame just blowing out of the pyro. Like, it's awesome, man. But, yeah, it's a really cool, really cool, uh, you know, scene there. But, um. JBL runs through Kennedy's accolades and talks about his own efforts, you know, against against Taker again. And then Taker's he eyes the Hearst as he walks by, and then continues his entrance. And Kennedy um, finally, I just wrote in my notes like he finally doesn't look scared against Taker. You know, um, he finally, which I, he should be because he's I mean, he's got his butt handed to him every time, like as far as their interactions. But I do appreciate he's a little more serious here, and he wasn't quite. You know, the first, I guess, two weeks ago we talked about how he was just overselling and over the top on yeah. everything. He finally looks like he's settled in and is ready to get serious. And I, that may be why, spoiler alert, I'm going to enjoy this more than the other two matches. So,
0: And he's won twice, you know? He, he, when, they, it's true. when they go one-on-one, yeah. on one, he ends up winning. So he does have uh, something to brag about there. Well, they get things started here as the bell rings and uh, Kennedy drops out of the ring and makes a run for it. Kind of trying to create some space here. He heads back in and Undertaker finally corners him and knocks him down and beats him up out of the ring. So again, this is going to be no disqualification. going to see a lot of brawling around the outside here as Undertaker rams Kennedy into the table, into the steps. He's tossing him around like a rag doll on top of the Spanish Announce table. And then really cool thing I don't think I've ever seen before, Kennedy's standing hunched over on the Spanish announce table and Undertaker tosses him from the announce table onto the ring apron without touching the floor or anything. Just a really neat spot. Undertaker continuing to do different things here 16 years in that we've never seen him do.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Just throw some ribs first into the apron. And I just wrote, it was unique, man. Like you said, continuing to do stuff that's very just unique uh, year after year. And one one thing that JBL says on commentary as they're going back and forth is that Taker just seems to get better every year. Even though he's a heel commentator, he still says that. He says it. He says, the Undertaker just seems to get better every year. And I just, man, that's true.
0: Yeah, you You can't argue that. It
1: really is. It's true. Some of these guys, they've been there 16 years. They, they're they not as good, you know. Uh, they lost a step. This dude hasn't lost anything. He's getting no, better he's and getting better, better, man. Yeah. He's like a yeah, like a fine wine, man. So
0: He does do a lot of new things, but he also does some of the classics here. Oh, he sure. Intimidates Charles Robinson right out of the ring, <laughs> stares a hole through him, <laughs> yeah. and Charles Robinson drops out. And then he does another thing that – he does seemingly in every single match now. Makes his most common yeah. mistake and misses that running boot into the corner. Goes flying out of the ring and allows Kennedy to capitalize and start working on your Taker over.
1: Yeah, and, but then Kennedy's going to make a, an error that he made in I think the last two matches. and He's going to try yeah. to jump off the apron. Taker catches him, rams him back first into the ring post. And then that's apparently enough to put Kennedy out for a minute because Taker's going <laughs> to carry him over his shoulder like a baby. Just up toward the hearse.
0: Well, but you know, Kennedy
1: he, he is going to slip out and toss Taker headfirst into the wind, the back window.
0: Yeah, that's right. Kennedy's playing possum here. So, yeah, Kennedy gets Undertaker into the hearse here for our first near fall, I guess. But Undertaker won't let yeah. him close the door on him, and then Kennedy just tries to run through the crowd, but Undertaker stops him and slams him into the stairs again, and hits his apron offense that apron leg drop and elbows and stuff that we see a lot now
1: yeah and then we're gonna get more punching more kicking on the outside yeah. and a little bit more and then taker puts a. he like i don't know how to explain this so kennedy is like hugging the bottom rope basically and taker just like kind of yanks him so he kind of <laughs> crotches himself on the bottom rope i would never seen that before either you know yeah. it was almost like a like a Larry Moe Curly thing. You know, like, <laughs> wank, wank, like zoinks or something. You know, like he just kind of crotches him on the bottom rope. Then he puts him on top turnbuckle. So.
0: Hits a big old superplex here. I always love seeing that spot. And, man, I'm enjoying this match. It's pretty good. Yeah. But someone in this crowd at Armageddon is loving this match, Travis. <laughs> I'm sure you heard him, too, because this dude is what. <laughs> the top of his lungs every ten <laughs> seconds throughout this entire match, man. It's oh,
1: incredible. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't just me. Like there's a hot microphone really near that guy or something, man. I don't know. Woo! <laughs> yeah, Richmond's finest, man. <laughs> the whole, they loved the
0: whole it. match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, the man at this point though, the crowd is doing the old Undertaker. Like it's just they're in. He's on. He's on the offense. The crowd's loving it. I tell you what, this crowd was a it was a good crowd this night.
0: Man. Yeah, it was.
1: Richmond Richmond sometimes doesn't have that great of crowds, but they they really did this. They brought it, man. So, um, especially for a December pay-per-view, you know, it's kind of a ugh, you know right. thing, but they they brought it for this night. So kudos to that Richmond crowd.
0: They were here for, it. they were excited for it and Kennedy and Undertaker, you know, they they bring it here. Undertaker takes yeah. Kennedy back to the hearse. But Kennedy again slips out and he slips Taker into a sleeper hole here and kind of brings this match down to a halt.
1: Yeah, he like has his legs wrapped around him and I don't remember this being like a big move of Kennedy, but he actually winds up putting Taker out. Like, yeah. JBL and Cole are like, What's the Undertaker's, you know, he's he's out of it. I can't believe it. And Kennedy just drags his lifeless body and places it in the hearse and slams the door. And he slowly kind of gets up and he walks over to the driver's door, so you know he's gonna he's gonna go go win. He's gonna drive to the back and win. But then we get the return of the hearse cam.
0: <laughs> and then pop goes the Undertaker coming out <laughs> of the driver's side door. He attacks Kennedy here, and they start fighting back down the aisleway, back towards the announce table. Taker's going to, you know, as you say prepare the table for deletion there, remove the top of the table, the monitors, and then Kennedy grabs a steel chair and he starts hitting Undertaker with that. They get back in the ring. Undertaker, Kennedy's whacking Undertaker's back with the chair and then hits him with a couple of headshots. Uh, but Undertaker keeps Ooh. sitting up and trying to get up.
1: Yeah, so I thought maybe, maybe he was he trying to stayed-
0: Oh, sorry. I thought he was trying to make him bleed internally at first, you know, with all those shots to the ribs. Yeah. Back to that old strategy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) A little payback from last month. Right. Um, No, but those shots he hits Taker in the head are nasty. But yeah, Taker sits up and then hits another one in the head and Taker sits up again. And Kennedy's kind of terrified at this point and, and walks away up the entrance set. But It reminded me of something kind of recently with the whole Fiend Bray Wyatt thing. He just won't stay down. Like Mm. he's that unbeatable monster thing. And I just got a a parallel of that with Taker just constantly sitting up, you know, kind of just taking these nasty shots. Yeah. You know, and it was really cool. I just – it just reminded me of something recent with the Fiend and how he just never goes down for anything. (laughs) So I like it. Well – But Kennedy's going to try to escape and take the high road here.
0: Yeah, dude, we talked about this set having all the scaffolding and different levels to it here. Kennedy, I guess he scoped it out because he runs away up towards the set and starts climbing a ladder up to a bit of scaffolding and staging to the top of the set, which to me didn't seem like that smart of a move here because the Undertaker's going to follow him right up
1: there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he gets up there and they punch and kick, and it's not uh... – it's not as cool as uh, you know maybe the Battle of Helm's Deep or something in the castle, but they're just kind of punching and kicking and something. But Taker's going to signal for the choke slam, and you think he's going to, you know, he goozles him. and You think Kennedy's going to get choke slammed off the castle, but Kennedy's going to reverse with a Death Valley blow and hit Taker low. But again, it's no DQ, so it doesn't matter. And then Kennedy's going to take and just, almost in a parallel to, to mankind, at the Hell to Cell, he's going to just launch Taker off the top of the castle onto part of the set below. So. Pretty pretty cool visual, man. We don't often see Taker taking a big bump like this.
0: This was wild. I don't know yeah. that we had ever up to this point. I can't come up with anything that's not him doing a dive onto people where someone gets the upper hand on him and he goes flying. And that's what we've seen him do it to right. so many people off the top of the cell or cage or something. But, man... This was crazy. The crowd gasps and kind of goes quiet oh, yeah. here. Um, it's they shot it really well. I mean, you, you, they go back to it and you see he's he's on a little crash pad there, um, and he's but he's out of it here. And they show all sorts of replays here. Um, it's funny, man. Uh, I I vaguely remember this, but this is not one of those moments that they. You know, show over and over again in video packages. So it's kind of like a forgotten big bump.
1: It is. And like I said, we're not, like you say, we're not used to seeing him take the big bumps. We're used to seeing him give them. But like, I literally have no recollection of ever seeing this. I mean, maybe I have, but like, I don't ever remember seeing Taker getting thrown off something so highlighted. It was, I I mean, I just, it's really cool. Again, this match, you and I are both more excited talking about this one than we were the last two because it's just got some cool stuff. And, yeah, it's got a lot of you know. No DQ allows you to do more fun things, but when you got a wrestler like Kennedy, you need no DQ to like church it up and make it make it fun. So,
0: but I guess you know, I guess Taker must have really liked or saw something in Mister Kennedy because just the fact that he would do that for him.
1: Exactly, he's
0: never let anybody do that sort of thing. And Undertaker did not have to do that. Jump off no. the stage and take that uh-uh. dot, like. Hulk Hogan never did that Frame by Ultimate Warrior, Stone Cold, Rock. Guys at his level, Triple H, they don't go flying off the stage doing a front flip from (laughs) 20 feet up in the air, man. They don't do what Jeff Hardy does.
1: You're right, and if they do, like, if Triple H gets turned upside down in a limo and dies, he'll come back raw the next night, so don't worry about it.
0: There you go.
1: (laughs) But no, you're right, in all seriousness, like, you're right. This is like a Jeff Hardy bump, man, or like something that Kennedy should have been taking, you know? Yes. Not take her. But, yeah, it's really – man, it's – I just can't put over this. It, it's neat, man. It's really cool. I like it.
0: Well, Charles Robinson goes and he's – as Kennedy climbs down, and he's like begging Mr. Kennedy to stop. Like, the, this is too serious. You can't keep going here. But Kennedy's going to finish the match. He goes to open the hearse. He drags Undertaker over to it. The crowd's trying to will Undertaker back into it. They're chanting for Undertaker again. and uh, Kennedy tosses Taker in the back, slams the door, and you think Kennedy's going to get that third win over the Undertaker here as he hops in the driver's seat, and we uh, transition back to that hearse cam one more time.
1: Yeah, we got the dashboard cam, and suddenly over Kennedy's, I guess, left shoulder, you see Taker just sit up like you know like he's Jason Voorhees or something and uh the crowd just erupts, man they love it and I just again is it cheesy is it hokey absolutely but it's Undertaker so it doesn't matter if that had been Bobby Lashley or Booker T it would have been something you laugh at but because it's Taker you take it seriously and it's really neat man and it was just Man, I, I loved it, dude. I love I, – I, I can't believe I'm saying that I, I love these things in this match because it's Kennedy and he sucks, but, like, there's some cool spots in here, man. A lot of good little nuggets to dig out. So, Taker's going to drag Kennedy through the back of the hearse and they kind of tumble out the back. And he just goes bananas with punches <laughs> on Kennedy, just just laying into it.
0: He hits Kennedy with a chair, grabs a steel pipe out of nowhere, and uh, uh, Undertaker yeah. – that- uh, Kennedy ducks out of it here, and I to take a bust the window of the hearse open, just wraps another chair over Kennedy's head, much like he Ugh. did last month, and busts Kennedy open. And JBL, I guess he slips up here and says that the Richmond Hospital better be open for Mr. Kennedy. Uh, I'm Ooh. sure Vince uh, chewed him out for using the word Ooh. hospital there. <laughs> but, uh,
1: they only have medical facilities there.
0: Yeah, you would think so. Um, and then Undertaker tosses Kennedy onto the roof of the hearse uh, to really try to finish Kennedy off.
1: Yeah, man, up on the roof. He's going to be up there. Taker goozles him and then choke slams him on the roof of the hearse. And uh, I honestly thought he was going to go through it. That's what I thought. I, I, don't, I don't recall this match. I thought he was going to go through the, the roof of the hearse, but he doesn't.
0: Yeah, I did Taker's too. Gonna
1: give the, Taker's going to give in the throat slash, and he hits a tombstone on top of the hearse, man, which is pretty cool. And this time Kennedy takes it better than he did last time, so I think he actually has all his faculties with him in right. his mind. Like Last time we talked about he was probably not loopy. But dude, did you see how much your, the um, hearse was shaking when they dude, were standing on there doing
0: I did. I thought they were going to fall off. I was a little worried about him there. <laughs> but uh, I yeah. loved that after Can- Taker hit the chokeslam, the crowd just starts chanting, tombstone, tombstone. Yeah, it's like, yeah. He's like, all right, I'll do it. He's like, yeah. he's like the uh, the Eagles up there, the crowds chanting for <laughs> for the next song, and he's like, all yeah. right, man, I'll give, I'll play the yeah. hits, I'll give you the tombstone you got on top of the ch- <laughs> on top of the hearse here. Um, but yeah, they. he, he oh, and the
1: crowd's coming alive for this. They love it. Oh man, Sorry. it's
0: great, man! Undertaker flings Kennedy off the roof as the crowd they chant one more time after he does the tombstone. Yeah. To, and they, <laughs> yeah. they, they, trying to direct the Undertaker, but he's gonna toss Kennedy in the back, slam the door, get in that driver's seat, crank it up, and drive on out of the Richmond Coliseum for the victory here. <laughs>
1: My only complaint is that he drives like my grandma. It goes so slow. It's <laughs> like, but, but you know, it's got you gotta have that visual there. Yeah. You don't just want to peel out. It wouldn't be, you know, cool. But yeah, well, almost twenty minute long match, man. Nineteen minutes forty nine seconds, and see highlights of that big bump and of him getting thrown off, and then Taker sitting up from the dash cam. And man, I tell you what, man, this is my favorite of these three matches we've had. Got enough bumps, enough physicality, enough weapons to make it watchable, man, and. I don't know about you, but did it feel like it was 20 minutes to you?
0: No, I went by way faster than that, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you completely. This was easily the highlight of this trilogy because, as you said earlier, there's just so many extra things, so many extra gimmicks in here that makes up for uh, Kennedy's deficiencies and his greenness during this time. It was just fun. They threw everything at the wall and – you know, it's a lot of fan service there with all the Undertaker spots, sure. uh, but it was great. Um, and honestly, you know, I was thinking about this too. I know Kennedy won the first two matches, but it, they were so cheap and such terrible finishes. I think this match, even with Kennedy losing this one, this did more to establish Mister Kennedy, sure. in my opinion, as a bigger deal. Because mm-hmm. it's a better match. Because he gets that big spot throwing Undertaker off of yep. the roof. Because it's so competitive here. That does more to build Mr. Candy up than a cheap, terrible finish in those other two matches.
1: Absolutely. You know, every now and then he'll has to get an actual win. You know, uh, they can't just cheat and lie and steal the whole time. You know, they have to get a win to, to get some credibility. But even like I said, even though he didn't win here, he still still comes out looking better than he did going into this feud honestly so yeah kudos to him he's i mean this was my favorite kennedy that we've seen yeah a little more serious kind of taking it to her and like i said giving him that big bump was just really cool so still not a fan anymore <laughs> but this is the this is like the the lesser of the three evils you know so
0: we're not going to put you in the king kennedy club yet no the uh the k oh wait well, we probably shouldn't call it that
1: no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Never
0: mind. Uh, nope. anyway, no. folks. <laughs> well, yep. we want to hear your opinions on Mr. Kennedy and this trilogy, on this match in particular. So you know where to find us at Talking Taker on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us your comments, your feedback, and you can do it on the podcast pages. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, YouTube, all the places you can find us. Give us a rating, give us a review, let us know what you thought of this match. And uh, we love hearing your feedback. We love that you guys are part of this creature community, the creatures of the night out there. And that's going to wrap it up for us for the year 2006. That's going to wrap it up for Mr. Kennedy, thankfully. But we are going to keep rolling, rolling, rolling on the last ride as Travis mentioned earlier, into a much, much more exciting and fun 2007, but before we get there, we're going to take a little pause here from the timeline of The Undertaker and do some fun stuff here for the next couple weeks on the podcast. I mean, it's all fun, but I guess a little bit of a detour, some different stuff that we've been wanting to talk about here. So, next week, we will not jump into 2007 just yet, but on... December the 20th, we are going to bring you guys a Christmas episode of sorts here, and we're going to talk about something that is not exactly Undertaker related, but it is actually, it would be the next show in the timeline uh, of the WWE here, and that is a show that we attended in our hometown of Augusta, Georgia, that we have some fun stories to talk about And it is, of course, December to Dismember, the only WWE ECW pay-per-view, the biggest train wreck in WWE history that we got to be there for. Uh, And so we're going to tie it into Undertaker. We're going to talk about his two matches in the WWE version of ECW. We're going to recap those. A little bit out of order, but we'll talk about them and uh, describe that. And then we're going to do a watch-along, not the whole pay-per-view, because I don't know if we can survive it, Uh, but we're going (laughs) to play back that main event, the Extreme Elimination Chamber, talk about our experiences there, uh, talk about meeting the big show, and Uh, uh, renee dupree and balls mahoney and all those conversations with them talking about going to the press (laughs) conference before the show and uh, uh man just a lot of fun times uh that we can share some personal memories of and just rip on that main event that was such a horrific disappointment so a little bit different but it fits in that december theme it works out perfectly and we'll call it our christmas present to you next week on the show
1: absolutely yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a little trip down memory lane for us and like you said just a little palate cleanser uh for as we're finishing up 2006 here and the talking taker timeline and before we hit into 2007 we'll start our new year off with 2007 and uh i guess 21st friday of 2020 we'll start off 2007 so we're gonna have a couple different special shows coming up here in the next couple weeks so
0: yeah december 27th so two weeks from now We are going to run it way, way back to Royal Rumble 1992. We're going to cover one of the few shows that we did not cover initially in our early episodes. You know, this one's kind of closer to the length of our earlier episodes, a little bit shorter episode. But, you know, back in those early days, we thought, yeah, we probably won't cover the Royal Rumbles, that Taker doesn't win, because, you know, we're going to do a whole episode about that. But we decided to start doing watch-alongs for those, and they've been fun. So we're going to cover what many would say the greatest Royal Rumble of all time, the 1992 Rumble. Undertaker is a part of it. He does not win it, uh, but we've had fun doing those watch-alongs. So uh, we want to be completest and cover every Undertaker match. So we're going to throw that one in there for you guys. There's no way we can live up to Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon's commentary on Golly, the Royal Rumble, uh, but we'll try to do something different. It's, it won't necessarily be better, but it'll be a different way to look at that match. Uh, and that'll be on December the 27th, and then January the 3rd, the first Friday in January, we will kick off 2007 with another Royal Rumble watch-along. This one, Just a little match. Yeah, probably The is Undertaker's a <laughs> most famous Royal Rumble. His one and only Royal Rumble victory from 2007. We'll do that one watch-along style as well and kick off a banner year for the Dead Man in 2007.
1: Yep. Yeah, so we got yeah three watch-alongs coming up the next three weeks. So just a little, you know, we know the holidays are, are tough and they're busy and you guys are uh, just doing lots of stuff with families. So we figured we'd give you something a little bit a little change of pace for, him. again, just a good way to close out the year. And like I said, we'll open the next calendar year with the next calendar year of Undertaker's career. So it will be fun. So y'all hang in there and, uh, let us know what you think.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you need any more Christmas presents, you know where to go. Tpublic.com. Pick up a talking taker, <laughs> taker easy shirt. Take her care, business shirt, a mug, a sticker, a hoodie, any of that good stuff. I'm sure it's on sale, thirty percent off or something like that. At some point, uh, you can get it. Uh, get it in soon, though, if you want it there shipped by Christmas. I think it's the last couple days where you can get that. Or if you, uh, you know, if you need some stuff to listen to during your Christmas road trips, you can go to Stitcher.com/ premium. Enter in the code TALKINGTAKER, and get access to millions of podcasts on there, ad-free, get a month's worth of free listening with our code Taker at stitcher.com slash premium, and I'll give you a recommendation on there, Colt Cabana Art of Wrestling podcast, you know, it's, it's coming to an end, but he's still doing a few final shows on there, you might not think of this one as being one to listen to for Undertaker fans, but his latest episode, uh, he did... Uh, It was a live edition from StarCast featuring some of the greatest enhancement talent of all time. He did a live show with guys like Barry Horowitz, Dwayne Gill, George South, people like that. Man, I listened to it just for the heck of it because I love the art of wrestling. There is so much great taker talk on this episode, dude. All these guys uh they, to a tee every single one of them they talk about what a great guy undertaker was to work with how he was one of their favorite guys to do job matches for uh a couple of them shared great stories about being put in the body bag that undertaker used to do and uh being take would just leave them in there when you carry him to the back and not <laughs> unzip them as a rib and then
1: that's amazing
0: I won't spoil it, but old Barry Horowitz, he gives some behind-the-scenes details of the original Buried Alive match that he was there for, and he was one of the guys that helped orchestrate the stunt behind the scenes, and uh, he gives some behind-the-scenes detail. You know, Bruce Pritchard never talks about it on his show, but Barry Horowitz, he uh, spills the beans on some of it there, so, um, you know, it's funny to think about, but a lot of great taker talk on that Colt Cabana Art of Wrestling episode, I highly recommend it to our listeners.
1: Yeah, who knew when you click play, you're going to find all that cool stuff on there <laughs> from Taker? Specific. So
0: yeah,
1: that's awesome, especially from those four J Browns, you know? Just like, let's just listen to what they got to say. So yeah. that's awesome, man. Well, I'm excited that Harwich just spilled the beans on that. I was going to go listen to it and see what he said. So that's pretty cool. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you were there at the Richmond Coliseum this night, what a, what a hot crowd, you know? Kudos to you guys. Y'all made this match fun, too. So let us know what you thought about the Inferno match, the, this match, the crazy. Ladder match uh, and the the main event with both world champions teaming up against uh, a former uh, mid carters So they're now the main event. So let's know what you thought there. And uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take a easy. What, what do you make of that?
0: I make of that he's in the Christmas spirit and he's a monster and he's crazy and he's going to be an inferno match. And Teddy Long has stuck MVP out there with him. MVP's chestnuts are going to be roasted.